Hello and welcome to Inspect Tech, the Olympus NDT podcast. My name is Emily Péloquin and I want to thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is all about NDT and about the incredible people that work in our industry. I've been in this industry for just over a decade now, and I'm still amazed by the incredible people that I get to work with and how tightly connected this community is. On this show, I have the chance to welcome experts from the field to chat about everything and anything, from challenging applications to new trends and even tips and tricks on how to improve your NDT game. I hope you'll enjoy the unique insight that our guests are sharing with us and that it will inspire others to also want to help in making this world a safer place. Today on the show, I had the pleasure to interview Kenny Green, the president and lead instructor of Warrior 2 Inspector. Warrior 2 Inspector is a training school that focuses on getting the students a complete experience from school to field within 1.5 year fast track training program to create fully trained, certified and experienced NDT professionals. Their intent is to place graduates with companies that have a need to hire high-quality, custom-molded NDT professionals available on the market today. Kenny is sharing with us what led him to start this unique type of schooling. I hope you'll enjoy our conversation. So, Kenny Green, thank you so much for being on the Inspect Tech show today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure. So the very first question I always like to ask uh, my guests is because everybody in this industry has a different background, you know, so I'm always curious to know, how did you find out about NDE and how did you stumble on this industry? Yeah, so my dad worked offshore and uh, for Southern California Edison and then he got on shore with the iron workers union local 433 and during that period of time uh, he was working on a high-rise in downtown la and that's a 73 story first interstate world center uh, building mm -hmm. so during the time he was talking to an inspector he was running wire and welding you know full pin uh beam to column moment connections so okay. He was talking to an inspector that was doing the ultrasonic testing on the full pin welds. Very cool. Okay. And so he came home one day and I, at the time I was actually in college and I was actually set up with a, uh, a sponsor to get into the uh, union apprenticeship program for iron workers union. Okay. So that was my plan at the time. He came home with a phone number and said, call this inspector. He wants to train somebody. He's an instructor also. And hmm. uh, his name was Robert V. Johnson, a great guy, a great level three. And so a turn of events, last minute, I made a phone call, called uh, Robert and talked to him about the industry that I knew nothing of, like most people, right, most people. don't know about NDT. <laughs> you know, right. I knew a lot about uh, welding and I was exposed to that from you know, my earliest memories, but so I called and I made a right turn and got involved in the, uh, non-destructive testing industry. And here we are. So that Very was cool. kind of a last minute decision uh, right? and a, a great decision. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so too. And so you, you most likely started with UT ultrasound. 
Yeah, so I yeah. started with UT, magnetic particle, and liquid dye penetrant. So I trained with him for a year and a half. And uh, during that time period, I got my experience hours and my level twos for mag, penetrant, and UT. Okay, okay. And so that that's a great segue, actually, because, you know, I know that um, your school is doing things that are a little bit different than other schools. So can you can you explain a little bit in what ways uh, your your school is different? Yeah, so I think, you know, it's pretty easy to find your formal training, mm-hmm. and pretty difficult to find your hands on training. So right. we created a school that specializes in ensuring that you get all of your hands-on training and your level two uh, three-part exams per CP 189. So for instance, our UT course, that's 920 hours. Um, So, but it's real industry specific and employer specific. So I think the difference is, is our students get a lot of exposure to the industry and various sections of the industry. And they, they know where they want to go in the industry. And then we just try and create the absolute uh, ideal candidate for that employer. Gotcha. So we know the codes they use, the industry uh, components that they're testing, the techniques they use, the procedures they use. So our students are really well-versed in very specific inspection uh, tasks that that employer is looking for. Right, because most of the time you can receive training, but the on the job or OTGJ uh, hours, that's where it becomes uh, it becomes challenging for for the students because there's no way unless they get hired by a company to gather those hours. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's correct, and that was my experience. So right. you have the classroom time, and so how do you get your experience? And it's unfortunate that you have to show up as a trainee and you've Mm -hmm. already invested quite a bit in schooling. Uh, So you're either looking at hiring on as a trainee at a low hourly rate. Mm -hmm. And then the company carries the burden of getting you trained up to where you're generating revenue or can be working on your own. So, and then that can be a long process and it can be a process that's not really clearly charted out. So I think without that, people are hesitant to even get in the industry because there's no real clear path on how it's going to work out for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's challenging because we see, you know, I've studied NDT as well. And I saw a lot of uh, my fellow uh, students, you know, like that, that they, they had a hard time finding a place everybody is looking for somebody that already has experience you know like nobody right. wants a, a, a brand new you know a, a extremely green um uh, inspector um and they want them to make the mistakes elsewhere <laughs> instead right. of in their company so that that's a definitely a, a very nice uh, way to approach it and and to give more exposure to uh to the students of what you might like to to do as a job you know it could be in the oil and gas industry but it can be in in other industries as well so what what other um industry what kind of application do you usually cover for that uh, on the job time yeah so i think we can pretty successfully place students in the structural steel welding industry you know okay. aws d1.1 d1.8 mm-hmm. uh, we have a really hardy d1.8 program and I think that's a real weakness in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. Then uh, obviously the oil and gas and petrochem and whether it's our specialty pipeline integrity, uh, right away maintenance work, 
as well as the shutdown turnaround outage uh, industry. Um, we're dovetailing pretty good uh, into the nuclear industry for mm -hmm. nuclear outages, and we've placed a couple of students there. Um, we've had several students out on internships in that industry. So that gives us some uh, options for the students to select what they think is best for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I would say our momentum and our caveat is definitely pipeline integrity. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, where, where there's a, a lot of demand there too. So that's that's great. That's great to hear. Um, so the the name of your school uh, suggests, uh, you know, the, the name is Warrior to Inspector. Uh, so as it uh, suggests, uh, you encourage veterans also to join the NDT field. So why, why do you think that veterans are a good match for NDT? I think the veterans are just ideal match for NDT because of their training in the military and they have spent their entire military career, you know, saving our assets and whether there are interests here, there, abroad, uh, at home. Uh, so when they kind of roll into NDT, the role is very similar. Um, you know, we're looking at components and pressure vessels and pipeline and, and they, already know the responsibility and the importance of what they're doing. So to turn that into, you know, there, I've heard some uh, other kind of cliches or something, you know, helmets to hard hats and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so it's kind of a, a, it gives them similar purpose. And mm -hmm. then at our school, they are surrounded by people that have the same experience from the military they they really help each other push through our program because it is a grueling program we're here 10 hours a day four days a week uh for a year and a half so it, yeah. the, just the school itself is a grind and um so they help each other they've got their experiences that relate and correlate pretty well with ndt mm -hmm. and once they're out you know inspecting components they really uh excel right off the bat so I think it's a fairly common sense transition for them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I can see why similar things would attract sim the, the same kind of people, let's say, and, and it can be, uh, I don't know, highly structured and, and all the progression as well. Um, yeah, it, it is certainly a good match. And so on the, I guess, a more personal level, uh, because we've we've chatted in the past and you know offline, of course, and and um, you've you've described to me what drive drove you to start uh, this kind of business too. And so can you can you share with our audience kind of what triggered it, how you wanted to to start it, and how how it came to fruition too? Yeah. So I think you know what I've done to get in the industry is probably really no different than you, myself, and everyone else is kind of get mm -hmm. through school, struggle to find a place to get your experience and, you know, latch on to a company and then try and move along. And, yeah. um, and that's kind of the good side of it. And then we have some people that may or may not have the same amount of opportunity to get their experience. Um, and the delay in getting that opportunity can discourage them and I've seen some people that left the industry because they couldn't get their hours and they were volunteering to get hours and um, they ended up just 
you know, leaving the industry before they ever got started. Mm-hmm. Um, so then on the, from the employment side to the corporate, you know, level three side, um, I've seen all the dynamics that play into getting someone hired and getting them into the field. And at times with a, a large corporation, it was X amount of days, X amount of dollars, and they have mm-hmm. to generate revenue. So there's a, a day coming, whether they're ready or not, and they have to be in the field. And then they can be sometimes thrown under the bus or put out too soon um, and, and they don't feel ready and maybe some of the clients are now unhappy. So I've seen that side of it. Right. And, um, and I've seen the side from the you know, professional uh, training facility where they're you know, really specializing in the formal training and, and the coursework is, is really, really good training, really good coursework for the formal training. But to step outside of that and then have that student for another 1500 hours so mm-hmm. that they have their time and their OJT and their certifications, I, it, that's really hard to find. And I don't right. know if it has been found um, so, for that so you student. F- gotcha, yeah. And, and so I guess you figured something needs to be done about this or somebody needs to do something about this. I'm somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I came, always yeah. thought it was going to be somebody else. I, yeah. <laughs> I always thought from the 80s, the late 80s, I thought somebody will do that. 10 right. years later, I thought somebody will do it. 20 years right. later, I thought somebody will do it. And then I kind of got convicted that maybe I need to do it. Right. <laughs> Why isn't somebody else going to do it? <laughs> so um, eventually it kind of became, uh, I guess, my calling and I couldn't really walk away from it. And I couldn't mm-hmm. get it out of my mind. And I just knew that at, at that time, my the road that I had taken through the industry set me in an ideal position to do this. So um, then I couldn't really sleep without just acting on that. So right. here we are. Well, that's great. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's so easy to to spot where the, the problem is. But to take action, that's a whole new level, you know, that's something entirely different. Um, so yeah, that that's great that you decide, decided to act on it. And how did it started exactly? How did you say, you know, one morning you woke up and, and said, okay, today's the day where I start um, this kind of different training approach? Yeah, so probably in 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. and specifically, this is where I realized that we needed to cater to veterans and probably 2014, I think I had 75 flights that year. And oh, wow. and I probably spent, you know, 20 of those flights just coincidentally with a veteran sitting in the row on the flight. Gotcha. So, so you, you were know, coming or going to an NDT job. You were working at a, as an inspector back then, correct? Yeah. So I okay. was a, gotcha. a level three for a company. So I was, you mm-hmm. know, flying out, doing QA, you know, updating certifications, uh, doing training in the field myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so during all these conversations that I had, I kind of had a common response from various, you know, dozens of people in the military about their exit strategy for the military. And mm-hmm. they didn't really have one. And they, you know, 95% of them thought I'll, if I don't find something, I'll reenlist. Yeah, and, and that's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of them wanted to reenlist, and some of those that I know, they're still in the military, and they've got a great career. But for mm-hmm. those that wanted to find something in the civilian sector, they 
didn't have a good idea on how to transition. It can be challenging. And, yeah. Right. And fearful, like, well, I don't know how that's going to go. So I think the tendency was to re-enlist if they could. And, um, whether that was their main plan or not. But mm -hmm. the whole time we we're having these conversations in my mind, whether it was mentioned or not, I thought, man, I could hook you up. Yeah. If I just had a year with you, I could hook you up. Right. And so then after maybe a year, a year and a half, two years of those types of conversations, I kind of started to think if I could help you and I don't help you, what kind of person am I and can I sleep with that? Right. So I eventually had to act on it because I knew I could be a good help and a resource for those people that wanted to transition into right. NDT. Here again, you know, somebody should help that guy. Whoops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so, yeah, go ahead. So after that, after that realization, you know, what, what was the, what was the plan or what, what was your strategy from there? So I kind of put together a list and this was like, a 10 minute brain dump and it became 10 pages uh, oh, wow. and and it was kind of a no hold bars what would the best and I just titled it the best NDT training school in the world and it was just a dream list where there's no factors there's okay. nothing that stops you from doing it money is not an issue accountants aren't an issue generating revenue is not an issue gotcha just a total like okay this can't be done but let's write it down anyways um, so I had this list written up and then in, I think it was August, 2014, I was actually at a family reunion and my cousin, she's married to a recruiter in the Marine Corps. And okay. we were having that same conversation. Like, what would you do <laughs> if you want to get out of the military? And can you get some NDI in the military while you're there? Because I can help mm. you transition. Yeah. So then he's, you know, very well, uh, planned, thought out, articulate, intelligent. So then I had to, I'm not going to go off of this 10 page list that you, you know, <laughs> dumped on brain dump one day. Let's I need an know, action plan. <laughs> yeah. This has to be a full business plan and a legitimate mm -hmm. business for me to make that move. Right. So then in the meantime, he actually had, uh, an officer in the military that he had recruited into the Marine Corps and now they were coming out. So he had called me out later that fall. Could you help this individual get oh. into the industry? Like you okay. said, you could help me. All right. So it was that kind of time and day and moment that kind of put up or shut up. And so that's when I kind of took that, uh, to a place in Flagstaff, Arizona here called uh, NACET, and that was a business incubator to take concepts and turn them into actual businesses. Oh, okay. So I okay. did that that fall through the winter of December 2014. I actually submitted a business plan to them, and they accepted that business plan and agreed to help us uh, transition this into a viable, legitimate business. Very nice. So after they accepted that, uh, and that was January 2015. Um, so then I was at a, a really good company working and I had to put a notice in. I gave them a six month notice um, because huh. level threes just aren't hanging out <laughs> at every corner, That's you know, right. wishing they yeah. had employment. Um, 
So I gave him time to, you know, make that transition as a division within that company. And so that was summer 2015 we started and uh, actually started training October 2015 uh, in a facility that was being built that year. And um, it was supposed to be open by July and they didn't open until October 1st. By October 7th, we were teaching students in that building seven days after that they got their certificate of occupancy. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, from from nothing to a full blown training school. (laughs) Right. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Yeah. And so so, definitely, uh, definitely exciting to uh, anytime you drag uh, grab a dragon by the tail, (laughs) it's going to be exciting. (laughs) <laughs> that's right <laughs> has to be but that's great and and that led you to you know today and 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 uh you know with uh, how many how many students do you have uh typically per per year and a half is that uh is yeah. that how you break it yeah so we run right at 20 students okay okay yeah. great so that's uh that's something also that uh you know the, the other side of things i was about to say started in, in 2015 you, you mentioned and now to 2021 and and of course you know many training schools in the past year um struggled you know during the pandemic and so how how did this um how did covid affected your business how did it go yeah so we had a great year and probably our biggest year ever in 2020 and good you know in 2008 9 10 you know we've all seen the published reports on our industry and the 11 percent growth per year through the economic downfall and it's nice to be a part of our industry and Mm -hmm. now i've seen how we got through the pandemic and so many people out of employment and we were so busy um so between the outages that were already scheduled january february march uh, and they went on because COVID was kind of brand new to, you know, the world. And mm-hmm. then we had a, a slight lull in that second quarter, the say April, May, June, but pipeline integrity kicked off in June, which is a late start yeah. for pipeline integrity. And it ran until December 23rd. So wow. there was, I mean, at the end of the year, there might've been slow months, but it was a big year. And and everybody that I know, you know, had a really good year in 2020. And I, you know, there, there's some new construction that was really shut down and affected. And, and we're not really servicing that section, the upstream work, mm-hmm. but, um, and I feel really bad by the thousands that might've been laid off there, but in the pipeline integrity, um, it was, uh, definitely still a busy year, maybe with a slow start, but I think the year finished well. And that was our experience. And those employers that are looking at our students, I think they all did really well in 2020. That's great. That's great to hear. Yes, it, it has been challenging in some places, but overall as a industry, I think we've, we've been extremely fortunate. So it's that's good that it continued and, and you were able to do this obviously safely and so on. So that's uh, that that's good to hear for sure. Yeah, we're, we had some, uh, you know, the regulations that affected the state of Arizona did allow us to uh, under certain circumstances to still operate. We made it voluntary to our students. So those that were not, that were uncomfortable, uh, were not considered absent if they didn't show up. 
And okay. some students didn't show up and some students didn't miss a day. So it was at their own uh, discretion. And with that, we had a lot of space. So we, you know, our students were four students in the classroom, you know, four students in the workshop, four students in the welding shop, four students outdoors and, you know, separated by 20 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of, you know, we're, we're careful to do, uh, what we were, you know, uh, regulated to do. And we were careful to allow the students to continue their education. And we actually, since then have picked up students from a local university in engineering that they couldn't get into do any of their labs and their industry kind of, uh, I mean, their education came to a screeching halt and then they came over and registered. Uh, so with a, a small group and a small facility, we were still able to, under our governor's guidelines, to to continue uh, without entirely stopping their education. So, um, so that worked and it worked really well uh, for the students that were you know, have since graduated. They just graduated this last June, uh, first okay. week of June. And, um, and they're off to employment. And, uh, so that was, it was good. It was, you know, eye opener for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, but they, we were able to, to modify and adapt and we've got a lot of outdoor space and we could put people outdoors and have them separated and and we had some regulations so our outdoor students were not allowed to come into the building bring your lunch you're not coming inside for any reason so um so we kind of made some modifications to be able to continue on now that that's great to hear because definitely uh you know we're lacking inspectors out there and so uh if uh you know, if, if we would have been affected uh, by COVID, that would have been even harder, you know, to just as an industry to to, to keep it moving forward uh, with with the already uh, lacking um, manpower, you know, in the field uh, and the aging also of uh, of our inspectors. So it's good that you can continue to uh, to to form and, and to train and and to uh, to get those guys out there. Yeah, right. That's important. And it is good to see that still in spite of the pandemic, that safety is still so critical in our culture that those things still had to go on. Yeah, Uh, that's true. We did have a few instances where some of the inspectors were going out and students going out on internships uh, to get OJT and they were the only people on their flights. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> yeah, pri- private jet just for you. <laughs> yeah, it seemed that's like crazy. It. Wow. Yeah, that shows shows how important this industry is. That's for sure. So, Kenny, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, uh, I'm thankful that you acted on your passion. Uh, I think it's helping our industry greatly. So, thank you for that. And I hope we'll connect again soon. Oh, definitely. We uh, get to watch your training videos quite often in PowerPoints in our school. And all of our students are really thankful for you, for Olympus, and um, for the material that you put out for us and for the industry. Oh, I appreciate hearing that. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) All right. Take care. Okay. Take care. Have a great day. That is it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. 
If this made you think of somebody that you know that would be a good match for NDT, share this episode with them so they get to learn a bit more about what we do. Also, if you enjoyed today's content, please let me know and feel free to reach out if you have your own suggestion of topic for the future. We love to keep it relevant to what you want to hear. So just send us an email at podcast at olympus.com and we'll make it happen. In the meantime, thanks for listening and for keeping the world safe out there. Take care.